Welcome back to the Pitch in a Tent podcast. I'm Adam Lowry, and with me is... I'm John Schenkel. And today, uh, we're the same day as we're recording the first episode. Yeah, we're if you listen... Mildly more fucked up than we were before. If you listen to the first one, this is about two and a half hours yeah. later. I'm looking at my wrist with no watch on it. We talked about going to the Jade Fountain. We are now returned from the Jade Fountain. We're we back. Back in my living room recording episode two of the Pitch in a Tent podcast. With no tent around us. No tent. No cameras. Not still, today. We're still at rock bottom. Still here, man. It's the same day. Speaking of rock bottom, with us today is... Chad Gallo. Well, another local local comedian from here in Duluth. He is amazing. He's fantastic. Love everything this guy does. He's been doing it for a long time. It's a lot of fun. Oh, this is the nicest thing someone's ever said about me. Thank you guys so much for having me on. We know I uh, give you a real reach around now and then, you know? Uh, You're like four foot seven. You couldn't reach. No, I can't, but that's why I offer. I've heard that Chad puts out, so that's why we brought him over for for who? (laughs) I, I am a narcissistic whore. I will put out. That is on record. Well, I'd we say gotta, you're narcissistic, but <laughs> <laughs> we got a free episode here, John. Don't yeah, fuck we this do, up dude. All right, fuck him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, we uh, we just got done at Jade Fountain, like I said. Yeah, a lot dude. Of fun. How was your set, Adam? <laughs> oh, dude, I don't even know how my set went. I don't care how my set. I don't went. know. We didn't either. We were talking. I was, I was. To be fair. I was talking through with Chad through your set. Oh, hell yeah, because I was going to ask you how mine went, but I don't need to ask you because I know how the four people in front liked it. <laughs> Chad and you were talking through my set. Yeah, and you and Chad were, were, talking, John through were talking through your set. Presumably you two were talking through my set. Yes, yes. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So We've heard all We figured oh, we yeah. needed to get this love triangle together and have a three-way on the oh, pod. fucking so, A, right. We're having fun. Yeah. I haven't told a new joke since I think 2014, so that's really... That is a hell of an achievement, dude. Yeah. But you know, you you write one joke and you base your career around. <laughs> well, you so you have a an ongoing joke that you've been doing for a while about McDonald's. Oh, it's, it's very iconic. It's a very disgusting work. Of art, <laughs> we are stabbing really... your your brand loyalty. You, you are loyal to the brand of McDonald's. Loyal to the soil, to McDonald's. Uh, o- only insofar as it's an infinite mine of comedy. That is right? true. The the, the the fact that McDonald's is still successful is independently funny. They they're coming out with a. I think they're doing a different. Like the parent company of McDonald's is opening up a different restaurant where they do drinks. Yeah, it's a who the hell or something. It's just like a coffee restaurant, yeah. and it makes no sense. But who the fuck is the parent company of McDonald's? McDonald's. It might just be McDonald's. It is, and they okay. and, and they have some independent. When you said that, like, I'm like, who the fuck is above them? At the point of, at, at the point we're living in, at in 2023, McDonald's is a parent company of the United States of America. Oh, well, it's also a thousand percent. It, it's a parent company to McDonald's and Chipotle and a bunch of other restaurants, and then you've got. The company that owns Burger King also owns KFC and Pizza Hut. And it's like Yum Foods, I think, is the brand. That totally makes sense because I don't like any of those underling companies from Burger King. Well, but you don't have to because the whole purpose of the whole Yum Foods brand was just to let's sell Pepsi to all of our own restaurants. Yeah. And then gross on internal Sponsored revenue. by Burnix Pepsi. 
Speaking <laughs> of none of the restaurants that we've brought up so far, we yeah yeah we've eating, only brought up we're eating a lot of Taco Bell, Taco which Bell. is owned by Yum Foods, which is the parent company for Burger oh. King. So oh I don't, well, shit, I do like one of theirs. We uh, you, you haven't lived until you've gone to Columbus, Ohio, adjacent to where I grew up, <laughs> and you went to the combination Taco Bell Pizza Hut. Across the street from a 7-Eleven. Okay, you're talking about a dream right now, dude. I'm talking about a very specific drug trip I had in the late 2010s. (laughs) (laughs) And it was that section of High Street on Columbus. It was absolutely beautiful because you would get a personal pan pizza with a taco stuffed inside of it and then walk across to a 7-Eleven and grab a slushie and a quarter ounce of weed. Oh, and it was absolutely beautiful. And you would it still somehow beautiful. feel like you were going to make it in life. Yeah. Well, and then I moved to Minnesota two years after that and regretted every life decision I've ever made. And he's well, been here ever since. Oh, my folks. God. <laughs> you, <laughs> there's something There's something about going and getting a taco that's also a pizza and still being like, yeah, I need I'm all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or just, I need more. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make it. I was a block outside OSU stadiums. Like you would grab that shit, walk into a Buckeyes game, and then someone would hand you a blunt out of nowhere. That rules, though. Oh, it was magical. Oh. Yeah. What are you complaining about, Chad? Uh, that I moved to Minnesota right. after yeah, that. that That's sense. the complaint. That's fair enough That's the, I did, walked away from that life. What is Ohio legal weed now? Uh, yeah, actually, oh, they, they? just, oh, they just right. passed it this fucking, election. That's yeah. rad, dude. Nice. Yeah. Props to Ohio, you know. Republican government notwithstanding. No, it it was it was Proposition One actually. Oh hell yeah! And and incidentally, that's what tells you Ohioans because Proposition One was legal lead and Proposition Proposition Two was legal abortion, and that tells you like the the moral structure of Ohioan voters is they'd rather have cannabis before legal abortion, and that's well because if you smoke the cannabis, you might. Just no, because it was to easier to pass legal cannabis in Ohio than it was legal abortion. Because the Republicans were like, yeah, you can do drugs, but we're not going to let you kill fetuses. And that was the... Amazing. That's my political take on a podcast five states out from yes, Ohio. Yes, dude. Hell yeah. Well. Never been. Might not be. Speaking, you shouldn't be. It's not of, great. Speaking of smoking weed and uh, fast food, we have here... Some a twelve pack of Cinnabon delights. That's right. Let and we we would like to give you a raw, unfiltered review of some trash drive-through fast food. And at here's ten here's o'clock the thing. at night. I like to recommend these to anybody that I meet, and notwithstanding, I am, I I make gourmet food for a living, and these are still some of the my most favorite. Delicacies. So, so the only the point I have to make is that I remember when they first came out with these, they had like the the Captain Crunch ones. What? What? Yeah, they had like we're the, too young for that. You're blowing you, my mind. This was like six years ago. This is not even that old. It was like they had like the crunch. We berries. didn't have a Taco Bell six years ago. I don't. No, think. you did because I lived here when you did this. Okay, and then it was only on the hill, and I never went up there. They had these like crunch berried flavored cinnamon. Moments. Oh my god! Oh my god! We, my buddy and I, who used to work with, we went through thirty of these a day. 
Like, I'd go to lunch and grab a 10-pack. He'd go to lunch and grab a 10-pack. And then our boss would go to lunch and grab a 10-pack. And we would just eat through 30 of these Crunchberry Cinnabon delights a day. Do those? Does your That's boss sad. slash ex-coworker need any roommates? Because I need somebody. Yeah. No, what he needs same. is a yeah, liver transplant <laughs> because he's got the diabetes. <laughs> Adam, you have roommates. You're right. You're making it. It's a fair point. I don't think they appreciate the Cinnabon delights from Taco Bell as much as I do, though. So that's. I mean, I don't think I'm, they appreciate. I'll have one now. Comedy. I'm like, I'll I'll dive into this and I'll be. Yeah. I want one of those things too. I need to hear this. Okay, that actually is really I'm good. That is. Guys. Oh my god. Yeah. I've never had something bust like that in my mouth before. It, it tastes like I passed out in a DDR machine in 2006. Mm. Like, mm. it's just... It's like that in a donut. I'm eating it again. Sorry for the ASMR, guys. It's fucking crazy. Oh. Don't, don't, apologize don't apologize for this shit. This is... Like, enjoy this flavor on my mouth hole. Like It's pure greatness. Dude, if you can't acknowledge fast food and its greatness, where the fuck are you? Yeah. In life, because... Probably a yoga class, statistically. No, no, they're probably making way more money than us and can afford to order a la carte, but... We live in a time and an age where we can drive and get food that is so shitty for us that... That That we want more of it? we, (laughs) We know it's killing us, but at the same time, we are like, I like the way that it is killing me. Right, I like the taste of death. Well, but that's that, that's that's life in the twenty first century. Is like choosing the way you want to die, because like people that want to continue to be alive in the modern era baffle me completely. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, Chad, why are you still here? Oh, suicide is really <laughs> difficult. If I'm being honest, I do agree with you though, because like, you got to actually follow through with it. Like, right, I, I haven't followed through with anything since grad school. I guess it's not the 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 average soccer mom who posts on Facebook their daily hike and how much they're, you know, enjoying life, and they have five kids, and you're just like thinking to yourself every time you look at something like this, like you should hate everything about where you're at in life. Why are you? marveling at nature right now well well it's like i i had to do open enrollment for my health insurance at my full-time job last week and the hr rep from corporate came down she's like oh you're not signed up for 401k why not and i literally stared at her and went i don't plan to live that long because why would you and she got like really offended she's like why would you say that you're gonna live forever like do you want to live forever look at our options as a society right like, I don't understand the people like, yeah, let's make the world better. But when your options on a political scale or a grand spectrum are a variety of geriatric fascists, why do you want to live forever? Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Dude, I don't want to live to be super fucking old. Are you kidding me? That's, oh my God, that's a nightmare. Well, like I'm 34 with arthritis. I've got the joints of a 70 year old. I don't want to live to 50. I don't want that. Oh, Chad, 50's still young, though. <laughs> yeah, for you, seventy's old. Because when you're fifty, you're going to be five foot three, and the world is your oyster. No, I am going down in height, dude. I'm I'm at my peak, dude. 
You think I'm gonna hit five three? What the fuck? No, I did that math right. You're five five now. I want to say five two. Oh my god! <laughs> like I think I think that's you, what my you ID you says. inspected him from afar and you still you're still you're, you're specifying ass. that as doing math. I I was you being looked at him. Well, I. <sighs> I was doing a lot of countdown earlier, so I was doing a lot of very specific math, and I may be being. Oh, I'm five three. For for the five, th- why five, do you three. why do you have that on your phone? Why is that? It's not my just, phone. It's my fucking ID. Yeah, because you're gonna trust your government's interpretation of your height. No, I just trust what I told them to put on there. You're saying that like a ruler is a government. It's a conspiracy. She's like, their rulers are different than the rulers I get. Honestly, I I think that it isn't. And it's only weird because, like, you've got, like, in England, they have in a museum what a kilogram is. And it's this very specific weight in a museum. Like, it's a specific bar. Like, that's the kilogram. And that's, if it weighs the same as that, it's one kilogram. And I love the, like, the atomic clock is another great example and somebody can correct me if my numbers are off here, but the atomic clock is they have a couple uh, bars that a cesium atom bounces back and forth between, and then one second on the atomic clock is the number of times it takes a cesium atom to bounce roughly 28 million times between these two bars. To bounce what? So they take a cesium atom and they bounce it back. Cesium atom. Cesium atom. Oh, okay. and they bounce right, it back and really forth fast. between these two bars in in a contained space, it's a, it's a, and that's how they measure. Like that's what the atomic clock is based off of. Is the a so cesi- what's our clock based off? <laughs> like oh, uh, if if your clocks are synced to the atomic clock, they're based off of the number of times the cesium atom like. It bounces like 2.8 million times. That's one second. And they extrapolate that out to 24 hours. That's crazy. Because it's not, because the Earth's rotation doesn't match 24 hours. It's roughly 24 hours and 54 and a half minutes, roughly. Again, people listening, correct me, because my numbers are probably slightly off. And anybody listening to us won't be able to correct you. I thought you were a, a professor of alkaline metals. You were you were bringing up al- cesium no, atoms my, like you yeah, knew what you yeah, were talking he, about. My he degrees, does. My degrees are in philosophy specializing in applied ethics and axiology, but I study a lot of like other mathematical offshoots. Like I've studied a lot of like proofs about infinity and atomic clocks and things like that. Numbers are super fascinating to me, which is why I don't get along with normal people because numbers don't make sense to them. And that's the real hurdle in my life, particularly, is... Hi, I'm him. Yeah. And then you walk up to normal people and and you tell them, did you know that some infinities are bigger than other infinities? That I know. Oh, you know Godel's proofs on infinities? I know that an infinity can be bigger, but then an infinity is forever. Isn't it? Yeah, but there's different degrees of infinity, right? So there's. So is it girthier? No, it's 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 good. Uh, it's a Godel's proof from the late 19th century, where you've got different cardinalities of infinities. Where you've got you take the infinity of integers, positive integers, which is normally referred to as LF null, which is zero, one, two, three, four, all the yeah. positive integers off to infinity. And you take another infinite set called C, which is all the real numbers between zero and one. And there's a proof 
and I can't articulate it very clearly because we're four burritos in right now, but it's the idea where Adam's laying on the couch right the, now. The cardinality of Aleph Null, which is all integers from zero to infinity, is less than the cardinality of the numbers in C. And the basic premise is like you can take any two integers in the first set, like two and three, there's no integers between them, okay. right? But you can take any two numbers, like you can take point zero four nine and zero five zero. There's an infinite number of real numbers between those two. So the cardinality between zero and one of real numbers is uncountable, whereas the cardinality of integers in the positive <laughs> integer set of LF null is countable. So that cardinality, even ahead, though it's Adam. infinite, is lower than the cardinality of numbers in C, which is a real number between zero and one. So there are different levels of infinite numbers. I yeah, think Adam. I, I think I kind of understand it. it <laughs> so I'll bring my whiteboard next time you guys throw me on. Oh, we have <laughs> grab the grab the whiteboard. It's kind of like Chad's favorite numbers are not even 420 and 69 and that is a problem no my he likes numbers in between numbers which aren't really this is this is the nerdiest thing i've ever said into a microphone my favorite numbers are when i was in sixth grade i got bored and started calculating all the powers of nine and my favorite number is nine to the ninth power which is 387 million four hundred twenty thousand four hundred eighty nine Okay. And I have that memorized because when I was in sixth grade, I did all the powers of nine from nine to the first to nine to the 1,000th. And I have a notebook filled with these numbers. Have you watched uh, the Apple TV show um, Invasion? I think it's Invasion. No, I'm worried that would make me feel like... No, dude, you are fucking, like, to the T, one of the female characters on that right now. Like, when she gets stressed out and shit, she counts shit to the power of and like keeps going and going and going and going and going. Am I supposed to take this as a compliment, Adam? Like I don't I don't know. She's famous. You, either that or you need to consider yourself yeah. one of the average citizens of China. I really don't know Crickets. what direction Dude, to take with yeah, that. Yeah, that was yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we get on to one of those topics I wrote down in the notebook before we left? We probably should. All right. should yeah. uh, childhood shenanigans. Dude. Childhood shenanigans. Dude, childhood fucking shenanigans. Also, when I was in sixth grade, I used to do power <laughs> not. Damn it. Did you fucking have any fun as a child, Chad? Uh, when I was uh, 15, I built a trebuchet. Oh, dude. Yeah, my... Uh, okay. How big? Uh, it had an eight-foot arm on it. I okay. Could, I that's could some a, serious shit. I could shoot a 10-pound bowling ball about half a mile. Okay, um, that's some serious shit. Yeah, yeah. My, my junior year science fair project, we were com- doing comparative research on medieval siege weapons. And so I built a traditional right up your alley, Roman-style catapult, a mangonel versus a trebuchet. Uh, and the trebuchet turned out to be way more efficient, and not just because we had like better engineering for a trebuchet. In the modern era, because I don't have horses to like draw attention on a Roman style catapult, so I'd use a pipe wrench on garage door springs, and it turns out that doesn't transfer very well. No, like I learned, uh, bungee cord doesn't double as a swing in your closet. No, no it doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't work so great. But a, but a spatula handle is a great linchpin for your trebuchet. 
because I remember for the for the materials list for my science fair project, we had a bunch of two by fours, a bunch of screws. A that couple. term is pretty problematic, though. A <laughs> linchpin. Come on, dude. No, that's that's what it is, though. Right? I know. Because when you, God when, damn when, it, you you've got an eye bolt on the end of your arm for your trebuchet, and eye bolt the base, and you've got a linchpin holding your eye bolts in place. And instead of you know a regular linchpin. I had happened to find a spatula handle in the woods and decided that my linchpin for my trebuchet was, yeah, a linchpin attached to some nylon rope that I was going to pull out and shoot bowling balls into the field. Uh, The best story I have for this, uh, my buddy Rico, who never came to my house after this for reasons we don't quite understand, we were doing the test fire for the trebuchet and we were all like huddled behind a barricade we had made, except for Rico, who stood exactly four feet behind the trebuchet and not taking cover at the time. <laughs> and we warned him and he didn't move. So I pulled the rope, the linchpin fired. We were doing our test round, which was just like a Gatorade bottle. And it had launched prematurely out of the sling we had made and made direct contact with Rico's balls. Oh my God. He has successfully had two children after that, so wow! Kudos That's to Rico impressive. if you're listening. But uh, shout out to Rico, friend of the podcast. Yeah, Rico Suave, <laughs> friend of the podcast, friend Rico. of the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've told this story one time on uh, on stage before, and, and not long, not many times after that. I think it was just the one time because it got zero reaction in a room full of six comics and one audience member who was just like a co-worker of a comic you know but uh you were talking about childhood shenanigans and uh one of the the things that my family liked to do or or my dad liked to do when i was uh probably like five years old my it was just my two older sisters and i was the youngest in my family at that point in time um my parents my parents bought a house uh, my dad was working with like a 30 K a year budget as a teacher and they decided to buy a house, which is fucking, uh, what you do, yeah, not, <laughs> but, uh, the house it was a fine enough house, but the backyard of it was, it, it was about like 20 feet. And then if you extended past that 20 feet, you would just be walking on the fairway of a golf course. So that's pretty dope. Yeah. My dad worked at that golf course yeah, part time over the summer. So, uh, so many free balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be funny just to like, uh, see somebody at tee off on the, on like hole six or whatever that we lived by. And then I'd just be like laying in the grass in my backyard, just being and like put a golf ball right next to my head. Hell yeah. yeah dude. Just fuck with the golfers or whatever. But, um, dude, or like if then. somebody landed a shot straight on your belly button while you're sunbathing oh. and then we're going to play it where they lie. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it would have been even funnier if I was, if I was you dude growing up there, I'd be launching other, as soon as they hit, I'm hitting, Hitting too, dude. Just fucking throw another ball out there too. Yeah, just to fuck with them. Yeah, because why not? But uh, there was these uh electrical lines that were also out there, and it's like a five year old. That's like the highest thing that you've ever seen before. Yeah. And uh, my dad would like to take me and my two older sisters out at night when he got off of work. Uh, and it was nice outside. He would take a tennis racket and a tennis ball, and he would give us all baseball gloves, and we'd go stand out in the free in the fairway of this golf course when it was uh, closed, right? Yeah. 
and he would take the tennis ball and he would just launch it in the air and we'd try and catch it, right? And one time I was like, Dad, like hit it over this, uh, these electrical lines or whatever, you know, and I'm like super far out in this, in this fairway. And he just launches this ball like the uh, higher than I've ever seen anything go in the air before. And I just start booking it and trying to, I try and catch the thing. And I go for a diving catch and I way overshoot it. And it just comes down directly and hits me right in the balls. And it is just the worst pain that I've ever felt in my life as a five year old boy. Two nut connects, dude. (laughs) Yeah. God damn. Oh, fuck. Well, if nothing else, we get a title for this episode. <laughs> Two Nut Connects. Two, Two Nut Connects. Two Nut Connects. Yeah. It's pretty outdoorsy sounding. Yeah. <laughs> forget childhood uh, Forget childhood shenanigans. Let's bring up childhood trauma. Chad? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do. Well, that started when I was six and I found out Santa Claus wasn't real. Oh, God. Uh, and he was fucking your mom. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, credit to my dad. He did wear the Santa hat. <laughs> oh, but that was it. So did your uncle. And <laughs> Oh, God. That would have been worse. <laughs> Because, like, none of my uncles are objectively attractive. They're hideous well, I men. can only assume by looking at you, Jack. Yeah, instead you had to jump on that grenade and get <laughs> fucked by your uncle. <laughs> there comes a time in every man's life. In every young boy's life. When he has to set up the punchline to someone else's joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh. What other childhood shenanigans do you guys have? Shit, dude. I was in trouble a lot as a kid. Really? Oh, fucking constantly. I mean, one of them, first time I got arrested. Oh, of course. This is always. just softball that in there. Yeah, dude. Fucking throw that fast pitch in. Uh, Dude, I don't. Dude, it was over some dumb ass shit. It was over, like, I had a lighter. But, like, I was, like, six. And I had a lighter I took from my dad's house, and you know, showing like kids in the neighborhood. What kind of cop is like? No, dude. It, no, like he came. He, he did came. you get cuffed as a yeah. six year old? Yeah, yeah. For no, a lighter? Yeah, no, like for real, because it was some petty bullshit. Like they were trying to scare me or whatever. Like he he cuffed me and like drove me up like two blocks or whatever, and then. Like drop me off on the fucking side of the road. He just wanted to make a scene. Yeah, in front yeah. Of your he friends. wanted to make a scene there or whatever, and I came make back. an example of yeah. Me. I came back looking better, but that was like the first time of fucking actually getting like cops on me, you know, called on me or whatever. But I mean, in the, while like same era, I mean, I had uh, I had this neighbor kid. Can't remember his fucking name because he doesn't matter, but uh. I stole his bike, like, like I, I took it right in front of him, just as, like, I'm gonna, like, I didn't steal it, I, like, told him I was gonna fucking, I was like, let me take this for a rip, and I, like, just grabbed it, like, a douche, and fucking, like, started riding up the block, he grabbed a fucking cinder block and threw it at me, dude, hit me on the back of the head, dude, and I fucking, like, it, like, I remember steering into, like, this dude's driveway, and just hitting the ground. And then I woke up like a minute later, I guess. 
I had a big ass gash on the back of my head and mm. shit. So I don't know if this is like a, a Minnesota thing or just the fact that I grew up in like bumfuck nowhere in Ohio, but like I detonated military grade explosives didn't have a police call. So what yeah, are you people doing up here? It's that- city shit, dude. It's city. It's it's fucking pussy ass people, bro. Like I've gotten away with worse shit. Like way worse shit, but I've also gotten caught for bad shit, too. Like, I got caught stealing as a kid from, like, my neighbor's house. Man, I, was, I shot I a fucking... cannon at a bear. What are you people doing? <laughs> what? This dude, you're like the white trash crocodile Dundee, just, like, except, living in a trailer park and somehow he... has Civil War memorabilia. My parents were out of town. My dad built a cannon. There was a bear in my backyard. I did what I had to do. Except for, <laughs> except he's Crocodile Dundee, except for he's not trying to save them. He's just trying to murder them. <laughs> he says, I will protect my home. Look, uh, <laughs> there was a bear in my like, backyard trying to up upset my whiskey and cheeto time and i'll be goddamn <laughs> he's six years old he's got whiskey and cheetos nano taught me right whiskey lips i was 15 <laughs> goddamn whiskey gums and shit dude you know that shit started that conception later we found out that bear actually escaped from the circus and that was <laughs> oh, all. oh fuck good question of the day did you hit was it a potato can? What kind of? Uh, uh, it was an actual Civil War replica can that my dad shot had a made. Bowling well, uh, uh, Follow up question before we get any further: Does your dad do Civil War reenactments? If so, gotta uh, ask what side is he representing here? He he does for the correct side because I reprimand him when he doesn't. All right. Wait, so he has, he's just like fulfilled that My role. My father has certain inclinations that are not socially appropriate, mm. and I have to reprimand him constantly to keep him on the right side of the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> that is an interesting thing. Like if there's like a, if there's like a big Facebook group chat of people who are into like Civil War reenactments <laughs> and they have to split up who's on what side, but it's and just, you end up picking the short straw and having oh, to be on the south side. It's, it's the same, like where I grew up in Ohio, like you still see people like even in Wisconsin up here, like people this far north that are driving around with Confederate flags in the back of their trucks. Like you remember what side lost that war? That is a fair right? point. And or there is the deepest, some of the deepest north you can get in the United States, and they're still repping. Where's like even people in the Carolinas are like, man, you know that's not what's going on exactly. anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. They just think it's Duke's a hazard. This is some Gen, Gen Z shit. Yeah, but even the Duke around. boys now, in the context of history, would be like, maybe we should put a different flag on our Mustang. I don't know if Sean William Scott and fucking Johnny Knoxville made another one. I wouldn't be unhappy. Mm. <laughs> that was a good movie. Look, dude. if Johnny Knoxville's going to do anything else, it should be to die in Jackass. Oh, my God. God. That, would, that be. would be an ending of all this. Just imagine that. Like, like you don't advertise it beforehand. It's no, the first that is snuff the film that ending. appears yeah, in it, modern history. Yeah, that's the end. Nobody talks about it. You'd, you'd gross billions. You really would. Oh, yeah. And you, no one can even be mad about it because it would be like, that's a tribute to his art form. Oh, absolutely. Like, if he died on camera, that, that's 100%. What, you couldn't go any farther. No. Yeah. Yeah. 
and that make is pro- the end game. and somehow make profit for the, the all of your buddies and your family in the process, in the process of dying on camera. It, it's just the sheer shock factor of I've taken this to the most extreme level I can take it. Yeah. It would have to be an extreme stunt. Yeah, what dude. what is the stunt that he what fucking do you, blood eagle, bro? <laughs> I mean a blood eagle. We talked about blood eagles on the uh, past podcast if you didn't listen I, to it. I mean the worst problem is I immediately like jump back to the old like mad tv bits so, like fucking uh will sasso is billy rogers where i just see john knoxville going about, i'm kenny rogers and this is bat trick with oh my, my god yes, that was dude. the first jackass footage that i ever saw on the early days of yeah. youtube when i my parents allowed me to s- just do whatever oh I wanted God. on the family computer, how, the cursed family computer that had three million viruses on it. But remember I still found a way to use the, the internet. internet. Was when we were young. Yeah. Nobody oh wins God. in the dairy challenge. Oh my God! I can't. I, I fucking missed. I had no idea that was actually Johnny Knoxville. It wasn't. <laughs> oh okay, okay. <laughs> Those were Mad TV sketches from oh. like 2004. Dude, Mad oh, okay, TV okay. shit. That's where I found oh. Bobby Lee, dude. When I was Bobby like, Lee, Will oh Sasso, God, Alex Borstein, Phil Lamar, Mike. Michael fucking um uh da 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 uh the Stewie he plays yeah Stewie. Fuck uh, Michael fucking Michael McDonald McDonald yes so oh, I fucking love Stewie I do I do want to Frank Caliendo was on there for yeah, a long dude, time he's, oh he's such a fucking goat I do want to circle back and ask you guys what do you think uh Johnny Knoxville would do in a stunt that he is dying in like what 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 is that what stunt would it be yeah dude it would have because to I'm be dev- it would have to be like snowboarding down from the fucking peak of Mount Everest or some shit or into a just like a just bowl just fucking just launching off of it dude. or it's something really macabre like it's just like stage 4 colorectal cancer like it's not a stunt like he's just <laughs> no, yeah he's just dying he's like he's just dying of actual <laughs> cancer i'm Johnny Knoxville. Knoxville, and, and this, this is, is stage four colorectal <laughs> This cancer. is chemotherapy. That's exactly what I was going for right there. Yes. That's exactly what I was going but for. But nowhere in the middle. It's either <laughs> snowboarding on Everest or, or colorectal yeah. canceled. Yeah, there's yes. nowhere. No. Nowhere in the middle yes, for that. Dude, yeah, there's no there's no rollerblading oh. with the bulls involved in dude, this. Dude, we need it's to pitch this shit to them. Like, he'll do it. He'll do Johnny it. Johnny Knoxville, he hits that age. huge pitch for you. You need to get colon cancer. <laughs> It'd be a crazy bit. Any kind of cancer, dude. Any cancer, dude. And they still snub Bam Margera like he's not a man to carry the coffin. <laughs> he's, he's not dude, one of the pallbearers. I've been, been seeing so much Bam stuff lately, dude. It, that's he's, not a good thing. No, he's no. out, and it does not look good. Like, well... Oh man, alcohol ruined it, that man. It's a, it, well, no, it's a weird <laughs> dichotomy. Fuck. Where, you, where you've got like you've got the two real great skaters from that era. You've dude, got, he was good. He dude. was a great skater, but then turned into a shit human being. And then there's on the other flip side, Marnie, dude, Tony Hawk, who people don't Became recognize as Tony person. Hawk in public. And dude, like, he's so old now. Holy fuck, what dude. Is he in you his seen 60s him? now? You seen him, man? Yeah. Holy fuck. You heard the stories of how many fucking bones he's fucking broken over the years and shit, dude? Tony Hawk, Britain, if, if, I, if Tony Hawk oh came to me God. one day and told me that there was a bone in his body that he didn't break, I would tell him I'm that pretty, he's lying. I'm pretty say, sure he's no, broken not. every fucking bone. Dude. Yeah. It's insane. But can still skate circles around anybody. Yeah, oh, right? That's insane. The other the other skater that you didn't mention, and maybe he's even in an era before Rodney Tony, Mullen. Rodney Mullen. Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn right. 
the godfather of street skating. See, him, I, and, him and fucking Stacy Peralta, you cannot leave that fucking dude out either, dude. They, him and Rodney Mullen. Do you guys watch any modern skating? I, I am into skating a, a little bit. I mean, I, I just really miss 2002. If I'm being honest, yeah, that's like, fair. That's that was a good time. Fair enough. I was, I was one that year was old. Skating was hot. You were one. <laughs> I was one year old. Oh my god, yeah, dude. See, 2002, dude, I was seven. I, I had I the, was 13. God damn, man. This old 13. fuck. I was already into the ska punk scene by the oh, time. Oh, hell you yeah, were, dude. You uh, were a fucking fetus by then. Yeah. And then, <laughs> dude, I was listening to Rob Zombie at eight years old, though. Wow. So, did, like, you, did you develop taste later, or was that... Uh, no, I mean, dude, like, I mean, I, I learned all that stuff, so, like... Him, Slipknot. I, I was listening to a lot of different shit. I listened to like Atmosphere and Slipknot at the same time. Like it, it was just all influences from uh family in Chicago and I, stuff. When like, I was eight years old, I was I was listening to like Avenged Sevenfold and Ozzy yeah, Osbourne yeah, and rock, Bullet rock. from My Valentine. And I remember yep. being on that cursed family computer that I talked about before <laughs> that was just in the basement <laughs> next pop to my up, dad's. Pop up, pop up, pop yeah. <laughs> and I remember having the shitty family headphones and listening to this heavy, heavy screamo music. And my dad's watching the Milwaukee Brewers and he's like, what are you listening to and i'm like this is bullet for my valentine yeah and my christian what father name, is just dude. like hell i don't want yeah. you listening to that anymore <laughs> he should have been like hell yes yeah, <laughs> son. I, my, my parents were listening to like fucking like garth brooks i was trying to explain to them how catch 22 and streetlight manifesto were almost the same band like so you were smarter than your parents you're saying that's not a high bar to clear <laughs> all right they're not bright <laughs> people shit about our parents here <laughs> I will. So how shitty are your parents? Yeah, <laughs> they're still together. So oh, so they're great. Yeah, yeah they're, they're fine. Living the life, that's not better. Dude. That's worse. Well, they uh, did they stay together for the? I kids? mentioned before the uh, the mother who uh, posts on Facebook about going on hikes and has five children and yeah. oh, should be hating mom? her life. That is my hell mom. yeah, dude. But somehow she finds a way to tell somebody in every conversation she has that she loves her diet plan and is enjoying her life. I don't know how. Who loves it's their diet? Horror, I don't know. She's so loyal to her diet plan, and she Jesus she's keto. more loyal to bringing up her diet plan. Did, does than she, she know is. she's in the cult of Jenny Craig, or like what? She's is, in multiple cults. Whether it be Jenny Craig or Lutheranism, will has she talked to Kyle Barber? <laughs> and lo we shall watch the watchers of the wait and do as they dictate (laughs) (laughs) for lo the craigs of Jenny have spoken (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck man my dad my dad he's a he's great I don't know he uh he uh runs a college so good on him fucking A dude you know that's what's up. Yeah. I got kicked out of that college. So. Oh, you couldn't save you, dude? No. He was yeah. he was I do believe that immediately. Just, yeah. He um I, I he didn't was go part, to college. He so was, I'm, I never got kicked out. See, I, I got two degrees. And <laughs> I, I understand the position he's in where I'm sorry, a random Chad. manila folder with a file about your son just randomly slides across your desk at, you know, a Sunday morning talking about all of the drug use and partying that one does on a Christian college campus and you need to make a decision of whether or not he represents your values or not. 
Jesus Christ. (laughs) Talk about propaganda. So I understand the position he's in. Oh, my God. I mean, I guess the real question is, like, do you reconcile after that? Because that had to have been a hard conversation. Oh, of course it was. I mean, that was part of the reason why I went to treatment when I was 18 years yeah, old. Yeah, he was shivering, shaking, and he had a boner. That was the worst time of his it life. It was crazy, dude. yeah. And it was crazy that my dad had to be in the room for that boner part. But Yeah, dude, you know. I mean, you can't just <laughs> let it sit down at that age. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, it it was a weird situation being 18 years old and your parents being like, hey, it's between smoking weed or living at your house with your parents. So so Adam chose smoking weed. I had some, you know, I was like, hey, I'm 18 years old. I'll get a house by myself. And I was right. Live life. Hell yeah. When I'm, I moved out when I was 20, so. <laughs> Two years later. <laughs> oh. When did you Input from out, Chad. Chad. I, I moved out at 18. Okay. I, um, no, I went to college. I didn't move back. I spent six years in college getting two degrees. I moved out here to Minnesota and arguably was the worst decision I've ever made. But here I am. Sitting in a room with two idiots. Yeah. Well, three idiots. I'm also yeah, here. Yeah. So that's. I mean, in the, to be fair, you're an idiot with two degrees. But that's why That's just an idiot With more debt though two That's de- not Two uh, degrees the, of the, the two degrees like, The two degrees is what Makes him the idiot Ian. Yeah Honestly I have a piece of paper That cost me $140,000 Sitting in a house That cost me $65,000 Like it's and, not and, Fucking Christ If you're gonna $300,000 Kids if you're gonna Go to college Do it for programming Otherwise don't Fucking bother See, and I went to college for, uh, I wanted to be a film director and film writer. And that now, can still happen. now, so kids, it, if you're going to college, go for programming yeah, or don't yeah, go yeah. at all. And see, I dropped out and I dropped out before they even had a SAG strike because people were using AI to write their TV shows. That's such a hack. Yeah, but that strikes actually got really well for the actors. They've, yeah, they've it better. It's, it's got them better. a four-year contract saying that, hey, we exactly. won't use this for now. Yeah. Yeah, but for unions, that's great. For four, I mean. For four years. For four years. Look, I, I was in UAW. I worked in a union for a long time. For for you to get a contract <laughs> that lasts more than 20 minutes, that's a good fucking contract. Fair so do enough. you think movies are going to be going more independent or stay, stay I think in the... I think we're going to see more studios buying movies that they enjoy and represent what their studio wants to... Um, put out as like saying this is the art that we enjoy and like and and by that i mean i think they're going to follow the a24 model because a24 movies right now are really popular but i think if the marvel cinematic universe has shown us anything recently it's that people are really tired of formulaic movies they want something that's artistically inspiring and creative and you don't get that out of these formulae like movies somewhere right and you're you'd like ai is going to generate formulas that's what it does it yeah. it learns off other things so in, in, in the world of the arts you're always going to have this market for new inventive material yeah and and that's why i think there's going to be more studios that are picking up on like some on, on they're they're finding independent movies that are different from 
different festivals. You're, you're going to see a resurgence of quality in your like your Sundance films, yeah, and your yeah, IFC's yeah. films, and you're going to see a lot of people who have these. I feel like in the next few years we're going to have a new Wes Anderson where somebody's going to come out of out of left field with this real avant garde take on everything. Sure. And That'd I think that's going to be it. that's going to be good for cinema and art as a whole, but cinema generally is you're going to get somebody who comes out new with this whole new perspective on things that shines a light on the shortcomings that modern media has been generating. Mm. Do you not think that, uh, I feel like if there's anybody who's been true to the, <clears throat> I think there's two directors that come to mind when it comes to like being true to the, what real cinema is, is, uh, that are still actually producing any films nowadays are Quentin Tarantino and Christopher Nolan. I feel like they are actually very true to like actually wanting something on the screen. And, and, and they have the benefit of already having an established pedigree. They do. Yeah. They, so does Eli Roth. He's good. I, but, it's a little different, but I mean, his cinema is different than some of the others, to be honest. He does more horror stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is a totally different. Like, well, and even like if you're going to do the horror but, route, you've got your, uh, your Jordan Peele and your, uh, yeah. Keenan Michael Key. Yeah. Sure. Did you guys see the newest, uh, Jordan Peele I movie? Did what was it called? I, uh, I, I forgot. I haven't what it was seen called. any of them. Really? Okay. Uh, us, right? Us yeah. Was us was really good. Get Out I was did. his first one. Then there was Get Us. Was and then there was, uh, fuck, why can't I think of that one? It was about, uh, an alien. It was like an alien suspense mystery movie. Ah, oh, fuck. And it, it's super bizarre to like reflect on his career. Like, yeah. He and Keenan Michael Key started on Mad TV together as like sketch comics. And to see Jordan Peele go and be, this amazing horror director. Well, it's not that surprising, but I do like, because there's so many, it is like kind of a comedian trope to be like, they're, it's, they're a comedian. They're such a wacky person. Like take, for example, like Jim Carrey. And he is a very, you know, he has a very crazy character trait about him in a lot of his different movies. But, but he, then you have his Eternal Sunshine, the Spotless exactly, Mind, and, yeah, which is arguably his best movie. It's a phenomenal. It movie. is great. Yeah. So which which one is it? Uh, nope. Uh, yeah. Nope. That nope, was the nope, one. Nope. Yeah. But it, but it's also takes somebody who was in sketch comedy for so long to then advance into the cultural zeitgeist as this phenomenal horror director. Yeah, but do you. <laughs> I mean, I've heard this said before. I mean, that horror is horror is one of the better film era like genres to get into as like start doing your first films because you can portray um, artistic like measures into it and um, like cinematography shots in those types of films where you can like get away with them more than say in like a drama or a comedy. Sure. Like action. you can use a, like a French, I think uh, I believe yeah, it's called a French angle yeah, yeah, where yeah. you tilt the yep, tilt it or, and yeah. you can have them like really low walking in. It's a lot up. easier to implement things like that yeah. in a horror movie because it just fits more and it doesn't seem as out of place. Yeah. Sure. And it adds a little creepiness to it too, yeah. but then it's also artistic. Yeah. Which, I mean, I if I was going to do a, make a first movie, I'd do a horror. Hmm. But you'd have to make it really good, like believable, something that would actually happen in real life, something that could happen See, to and anybody. 
I because that's what horror is. When I was in going to school for uh, you know film, I went my intended degree was media arts. I a lot of my teachers were saying that good artists steal, so they do. I fucking it's all this like repeating cycle. And I really took that to heart because the first uh, short film that I ever helped write and produce was basically just a knockoff of uh uh shit what was it called was that that one dr strange love or how i learned to love the uh stop worrying and love the bomb but it was a great film yeah one of my favorites of uh stanley kubrick i love stanley kubrick and all of his films um but uh it was it was like a a black and white film of a bunch of guys arguing in a war room yeah that was the one you sent yeah Yeah. and then at the end it's basically revealed that all of these uh men who are are, a military man the president general whatever yeah they're arguing in a war room it's all it's revealed that they're just children playing pretend in their living room um it's just a chat you know a fun little short film that i made but i did i you know if anybody wants to find that, it's called The War Room. A War Room, a short film by The Bigger Boat. Yeah. Well, but but how many how many modern films are just subversions of old stories? Where like you can anyone can tell Star Wars in the traditional framework of the hero's journey, right? There's yeah. A, there's literary frameworks that have persisted for thousands of years for good reason because they're good frameworks. Yeah. And what makes it interesting is that you add details or you make subversions on the frameworks that are good. Or you pioneer a framework that the framework is a subversion of establishing frameworks, right? Like mm. we're we're at this point in uh, I struggle to call it post history, but I feel like that's the best word for it. We're like we have as this human culture, thousands of years of history that we either have to reference or subvert in some way to either stand out or be significant in some kind of way. So like you, you could make a great movie if you took Homer's Iliad and then tweaked some details and made it and more made modern. Me, you made it more modern. You made it like how many times have people done Romeo and Juliet? Oh, Too many to be fucking like you put DiCaprio in three of them for fuck's yeah. sake. Yeah. Like it's it's insulting to that point. But it's you you take these tales that exist and you twist them and you subvert them in certain ways, and that's what makes them interesting to retell. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we should do that. We should do <laughs> that. No, we, we can't afford DiCaprio. Let's yeah. be. Our Adam Laurie is Our budget DiCaprio. is $12 Look at two Adam's burritos. hair right That's, now. Dude. I was going to say, are you saying, right what are we talking about? Chad could seduce this man with oh, a, a thousand times. You know, over. wink of an eye and a snap of the fingers. DiCaprio's in your minivan. I mean, if anyway. Leo's listening. <laughs> and a snap of the chloroform. Well, uh, what are what are some of your guys' favorite films that you uh, n- not necessarily like a childhood favorite, like that you would rewatch uh, on repeat when you were younger, but like <sighs> ones that were if you start when you started getting into f- 
you know, film and cine- cinematography? What were, what are some of your favorite it, films? It's it's weird because when I did a lot of like film work when I was in college, my favorite movie was the worst movie I'd ever seen. What is it? Jesus Christ Vampire. I've heard oh it. God. I've heard oh of this. Oh my Jesus God. Fuck. That's an amazing. It's so bad. It's an amazing but title, <laughs> but I haven't watched it. It, it, yeah, it was filmed by a bunch of Canadians for a budget in the late 2000s of less than $10,000. <laughs> and it's. I love how terrible it is. Yeah. But I love how terrible it is because as somebody who wanted to make movies at the time, I respect all of the shortcuts that they took. That's and like it, 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 and that reminds me of a <laughs> this is a weird noise I just made, sorry. <laughs> uh, it it reminds me of a you ever heard of um who killed Captain Alex? I have, yeah. yeah. If if you don't know you haven't? No. Okay, so it was a I, I, th- I believe Uganda where this uh, film was made, and the budget on this film was $300. Jesus And about 90% of that budget was spent on the camcorder camera that they made on it, and they built a computer in order to edit this film, and they paid none of the actors. And they made all of their props on set just out of sticks and stuff. They left it to the audience for an imagination. And all of these people in this village in Uganda just made this film with this guy who had a vision and just enjoyed the idea of being a film director. And it's really just an amazing watch. On top of that, because obviously it's in Uganda, none of them are speaking English during the whole film. So they have a video joker, a VJ for short, who is on top of this entire film translating and just adding his own little spice to everything. He'll just be like, this is real action. I am video joker. This is Uganda filmmaking action movie. Just like just saying shit over Like a really bad Borat on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds fantastic. And it's just on top of he's just saying a bunch of that on top of like four guys like walking or, or like doing a military crawl through a, a, a mud pile and just like planks on top of them leaving it to your imagination to understand what is actually happening in Holy this film shit. and it's about 38 minutes of the greatest <laughs> it's just an amazing watch can I, I definitely recommend what is it called again who killed captain alex right. can i tell you the movie i hate more than any of the movie on the face of the planet what is that it's a rubber is the name of the movie I, i've watched oh this I've heard of flubber but not Fl- rubber no because the problem i had with rubber is i watched the trailer for rubber and the trailer is there's a tire with psychic powers that kills yeah. people and has sex with his girlfriend. Oh, what the? I'm f- like, I'm on board fuck, with this movie. Dude. I want 100% of it. And the first 20 minutes of the movie is like this sheriff climbing out of the trunk of his car, having an existential crisis in front of the audience in the middle of a desert. And then this tire just like kind of rolling around and learning that it is psychic. Like nobody dies until an hour into this movie. My and my my issue with this movie with the have you watched the all of it before? I I have and I'm not yeah. happy about it. <laughs> I, it's been a long it's been a long time since I've watched Rubber and I'll, I'll give you that. But I do remember loving it as a 13 year old who just thought that it was a funny it's a, and, and looking back on it now it is very annoying that it's just like such a meta movie how it's like basically a movie it's about, a commentary on absurdism right? Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. the problem with it it was like I was promised off the trailer 
a movie about a psychic talent that kills people and fucks his girlfriend. <laughs> and what I got is absurdist commentary and like maybe one murder and no actual woman on tire sex. Yeah. Woman on tire. I it, thought he was gonna what, fuck another what, tire. What, what platform is? I, it was on Netflix. It was on Netflix. Oh man, for the, a for shocking a while. The, the crazy shit Netflix used to have. Yeah. Just. I remember when Netflix was just like a subscription service where you could order a yeah, DVD online, the, yeah, and if you lost it, you would like just your parents would scream at you and act like you're about to get sued for see my mom was the only one that actually ordered the dvds (laughs) i I remember when i'm sure my mom still orders the dvds from netflix you can still do that that's crazy you can still do that dude my favorite thing about netflix was a great way for people from portugal to steal my fucking credit card number because that was a fucking ordeal hell yeah and i didn't mind it until fucking steven kept changing my netflix cues to fucking Portuguese romantic dramas. Like, just let me watch my nerd movies in peace, Steven, and you can watch whatever you want. Yeah, just make a different profile, Steven. Yeah. God damn it, Not only did he not make a different one, he deleted mine, and that was the worst part. Oh, Like, like, Steven, I don't care. You can watch my Netflix for free. I'm not going to harp on you for that. Yeah, don't shit. Go ahead. Fucking use it. Just make a different profile. Don't fuck my algorithm. Yeah, right? exactly. don't make me watch Love Actually in Portuguese twelve times. I don't want to uh, no, see. It. That's a good movie, just not in Portuguese. It's not that good a movie. I, I've seen it once. It it's arguably Alan Rickman's worst movie, and that's the hill I'll die on. I, I do want to know what your what your favorite movie growing up was. Growing I, up, okay, that still stands up sure. today for me sure. is uh, Princess's. Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Princess Bride is such a phenomenal fucking. Have you read the book? I have not read the goddamn book. You should read the book. It's a great book. I've read a couple of Stephen King books. I've read all the Twilights. Not proud of saying that. Fucking. I've read. uh, You sounded really proud to say. (laughs) I'm not though, dude. I I did. I bought all of them. Um, (laughs) hardbacks too. Um. I cared at the not, time. Hold on. Not someone else had you read them. You went out and I bought did, them. I did, yeah. It was middle school, dude. They were hot. You said the Twilight books? The Twilights, oh, dude. man. They were hot. New Moon sucked, but... Hold on. Let's, let, let, just to be clear, Adam, we're both upset about this. Yeah. We are. All right. That being said, I can't be too upset about this on a public platform because my sister does own an Edward Collins blanket, and she does oh, brag about owning that. Fuck her, dude. Oh, so, oh. so her and John have something in common. Oh, yeah, it's that they both off, should Chad. have been aborted. I no. said I had. <laughs> All right. And then I've read the, like the Demon Auto, which you probably haven't even read. I have not. It's fucking phenomenal. You the last, love it. It's do a you twelve count, book series, dude? Do you want, do you count audiobooks as reading a book? I've never listened to an audiobook. Really? Never. Most of the time, it depends on who's narrating them, and that's a sure. weird nitpicky thing. No, that so, is true though, because I, I can't deal with people that like. S- 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 some of those fucking readers do that shit. I audio an audiobook that is free on YouTube that I highly recommend is Pimp by Iceberg Slim. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. I, I believe Dave Chappelle uh, put me on this book. I watched he has a Snoop Dogg wine bottle. Friend of the pod, Dave Chappelle. We've had a we've t- yeah. we've been in talks about having him on. 
Episode three. Yeah, he was in the cities. We're making. We have a lot of traction. He was since busy. Episode one. Uh, it's been released. So yeah, you've got a whole one guest by now. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah, we're moving up from rock so. bottom a little bit, <laughs> just slightly up. We we climbed up a little bit and found Chad Gallo yeah. laying there in the dirt. It's like I'm seven blocks from here. It's a miracle. (laughs) Way more than seven (laughs) blocks from home, bud. We're putting up, we're giving a platform to guests that we think are going to make it big one day. And so Chad Gallo and Dave Chappelle follow for if they are in that (laughs) Venn diagram. We think that both Chad Gallo and Dave Chappelle have a chance of making it. What is that? The seven degrees of fucking (laughs) how we can link from Chad Gallo to to Dave Chappelle (laughs) To, to that movie i was in with kevin bacon yes, and dave chappelle yes yeah. exactly yeah half-baked wasn't all that bad okay yeah. i was in tremors 12 <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was <laughs> well um, how long have we been going for uh, going an for hour really 59 yeah all right yeah, we're there that's uh I don't yeah. think I've talked about any movies that i've enjoyed growing up uh, since we've did. been on yeah. that topic yeah you did um which one you talked about that film, that weird, obscure film, Captain something. Oh, Who Killed Captain Alex? Yeah, 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 yeah. Captain I forgot Alex, about that. Yeah. But yeah. is that the one you wanted? Is that the hill you no, want to die I, on right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> Some obscure fucking film that. I think if, if I had to talk about a film that like really, chat? if I had to talk about a film that really got me into um, like cinematography and just enjoying the artwork of. Uh, or in like the medium of film, I suppose it would probably just be Taxi Driver. Just yeah. a very, uh, it, it's one that I had to, I, I, on the first watch, I was like, this is kind of bullshit. I don't really enjoy this. And then I watched it a second time and I was like, oh, I see what they were going for. And, uh, it was, it, it, I tried to watch it. I couldn't. Yeah, and couldn't. It, it, it's a lot more of a thinker than you would think it would well, be. Well, it's yeah. just so slow. Yeah. But, it's but slow that's the point moving. of it. Though. I know. I know. But oh, fuck, dude. yeah, it's a it's a tough watch. Sometimes I just get fucking impatient, man. You just have to put ADD a different. You just have to put a filter on when you watch it and kind of understand the kind of like where that it's really just a character. It. Yeah. It's really just a character study of like a, a, a man alone. Yeah. So yeah. here's a here, here's a question from that same like vintage of films like worst Batman. Who was it? Don't you dare say Michael Keaton. No, no, not Michael Keaton. Uh, who's I don't even know who is in Batman Forever. Okay, who's George the, Clooney. The, the Clooney? That was Clooney. Dude, that yeah. was Clooney. The not fucking... a fan of. Not a fan. Oh no, Forever might have been Val Kilmer because I think Forever was Val Kilmer, and then Batman and was Robin for, was was Forever Clooney. with See, Iceman and Batman and Robin. I think it was obviously just a, in the same vein, just a very tacky '90s version of Cause, Batman. Cause Batman and Robin was, was like. Uh, what's that, your face is Batgirl? Then you had Schwarzenegger as okay. That that's what I was gonna ask. He was the and then uh, Mr. Batman Freeze. Forever was the one where Chris O'Donnell showed up as Rom and and you had Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Tommy Lee yeah. as two face. And don't get me wrong, I love Jim Carrey, but that was probably one of the worst movies that he's ever been in. Debatable. But he was also probably the best part of that movie, right? Val Kilmer wasn't a great (laughs) Batman. No. Tommy Lee Jones didn't do a great Two-Face. No. I love uh, I love Danny DeVito as Penguin. Oh yeah, dude. oh that was Danny DeVito. DeVito, uh, so the Tim Burton Batman, uh, which is great movies. Who was the Catwoman in uh, the in the original? <gasps> Fuck, what was her name? Who was Ivy? 
back then. Dude. That was Uma Thurman. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Oh, oh yeah. she was. Fucked. But that was after the Tim. I love Uma. <laughs> Friend of the pod, Uma Thurman. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just knocking off other bit, uh, comedians' bits. Uh, what a. I, would, I am really curious about who this uh, actress of Catwoman was. I can't remember her name. Yeah. It's going to bother sure me. fuck wasn't Carmen Electra. I'll tell you that much. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look it up quick. Yeah, we got phones. We got AI. You know. Thank God for them internets. Yeah, we wouldn't have shit. Oh, let's see. Got any shows coming up, Chad? Oh, uh, I got one in January. I'm hosting the uh, Gopher Hole January 5th. Good and back okay. into that. January yeah. 5th, that's when that one is. Okay. What's got it? another one-liner. Do, hmm? line, do we know the lineup for that yet? Uh, I haven't been told yet, but that's okay. about my pay grade, so okay. I don't think about it. But yeah. I get to host a room I love to host. I love that room. It'll be a good show that's for sure. It's a fun room, dude. I've played that. I've, I've never had a bad once, show so. in that room, even when the crowd is slow. It's yeah. a great room to be in. I definitely want to go wh- back there. Wh- which room are you guys talking about again? Uh, Gopher Hole. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, same. Yeah. I love that room. I love that room. Mm-hmm. It's probably my favorite room in Duluth. Yeah. Um, if we were talking about the, you wanted to know who the original Catwoman was. I wanted yeah. to Michelle Pfeiffer. That was oh, Michelle God Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh. Yeah. Fact Fact of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> you had to throw it in there. I did. Yeah. Had yeah. No, I'm trying to. Oh, what? What else do I have come? I've got a one-liner show coming up at some point. Roddy and I are bringing back the, the finals for the one-liner show. Yeah, you got a spot for half a person on there. Uh. I'm glad. I'm glad we played that out to the belts. That really, yeah, yeah. No, we'll we'll be. I'm sure we'll do a second round of one liner shows after the final. But uh, I will say the final. I'm going to pour a lot of production budget into oh, that I, I haven't done before. So that's it's going to be a better show than we've ever put on before. Mm. As soon as we settle, on. I'm going to have a date settled for it yet, or I'd plug it now. Yeah, I, I sure ain't going to beat the roast though. I am in. Sorry, and you know, uh, stop me if I'm triggering any PTSD here. I do want to. I I don't think I've ever asked you this, but I am curious about a lot of the comics that have been doing comedy for a longer time. I want to ask them about some of their like worst gigs that they've ever done. That's good. You know, oh. and you don't have to name any you oh, know specific the, venues the, or anything. Like happen to be the train honking? No, every fucking ten fucking minutes. No, because it was the show before that that was worst. Oh, was the like War Road I didn't hate because if nothing else there was some fucking TikTok fodder there where I yelled at a train for twenty minutes. But no, it was it was definitely Baudet where the night before it was myself, Patrick East, Bob Acetrack, and Comrade Trip. Who Comrade is one of my favorite comedians I've ever seen. I, I'm, I think I'm friends deadpan. with him on Facebook, yeah, but I haven't he's ever funny. absolutely brilliant. He's very I, deadpan. But I get mad when people don't laugh at Comrade because he's absolutely he's a brilliant his writer. Writing is his, fucking phenomenal. Absolutely dude. one of the most brilliant linguists I've ever met in my entire life. So when people don't laugh at what he says, I get mad because they're stupid. He plays and to his writing so 100%. fucking well. It's insane. And, and and we the night before we did War Road, which I thought War Road was fine, but Baudette, there were like four people in that room and kudos to comrade for just giving up on his set and doing crowd work for those four people. Mm. Cause it made the show. 
And the only reason I knew Baudette was bad because on our way to the Airbnb where we were staying in Baudette for the night, we went to the liquor store and I, we were ringing up our drink purchases for the evening. And I remember the, I was talking to the dude at the counter. We were telling him that we were the comics and the dude working in the liquor store went, Oh man, I heard how bad that show went. <laughs> like, we just left. It was so bad hey, that man. the liquor store guy had already heard about it before we got there. All bad the guess. locals have a, have a Facebook group chat together. This, it's this, like hey, there's man. 14 people in the yeah. town. They've all, all already dude, decided one thing, they had a bad one time. One thing you gotta learn is bad gas travels fast in a small town, Oh, bro. God yeah. does it. It fucking... If you fart in the wrong area, they'll know about it. Wow. It's it's real. I grew up in a small town, dude. If, if, if there were two things that were, were the, my segue for... The takeaway from that weekend is like... One, Patrick knows how to book an Airbnb because that was a fucking gorgeous place. Oh, I bet. I bet. And it's uh, two, none of the local comics can beat me at Super Smash Brothers, so my title remains. I would love to challenge you at Super Smash Brothers. There is a Wii right there. So uh, before I got kicked out of college, I was on the eSports team, and I was their designated Super Smash Bros. Melee player. Who'd you play? Falco. What an What a what do you, who do you play? Marth. That's fair. Final Destination is... Uh, are we playing a BO3? What are we doing? I'm banning FD. Wait, you think you can beat Kirby who can become you? Ah, uh, 26 on the tier of 26. 26th uh, character on the tier list of 26 yeah. characters. Yeah, for me, like, Kirby is what, F tier, I think? Yeah. We're one of the worst characters in the game. Is he? Yeah. Well, he used to be badass. It's just... I, the thing about Melee is that the developers had such a short time crunch to get the game out oh, and in yeah. a state that was actually playable. It came out two years after the original Super Smash Bros. for the N64. They came out with a GameCube and they were like, there was a lot of success for yeah. Super Smash Bros. on the N64. We got to have a sequel for our new you know, GameCube system. Yeah, and your dev cycle time was like less than 20 minutes. Yeah. I like how they yeah. had Red so Fox on that shit. A lot, of the, a lot of the characters on the game were just like... They have moves, but none of them work, <laughs> you know, so... We'll make a lot of clones. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, so... We'll throw these Fire Emblem fucks in that no one ever heard of. It'll be great. It'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, so... And it is hilarious that, like, they, a lot of their answer to the game's... Uh, a lot of the game's problems that they never really fixed over the course of the game's... You know, the history of the title. Their answer to a lot of the problems is just adding more characters oh, yeah. and more and more clones. I mean, how many characters are even in the newest? 78, yeah. I think, for the DLC? Jesus Christ. That's why I've never been able to move past melees because it's just so much more simple because... There's less clones, less matchups that you have to, and we're and we're probably losing any semblance of a female audience that we would have kept until now. Hey, but. dude, there is female gamers. Do not put them down Man, right I, now. I played Jigglypuff for the last fifteen years, and they <sighs> fucking love Nintendo. Okay, man. Not after that sentence, they did. <laughs> All right. Fine. Get on the PC. Then. I can't get behind what Nintendo has done to the Melee community. No, Nintendo's been fucking shit up lately. They've been... It's been really bad. They've really not bad. really been... Uh, they've, they've been very unsupportive of their most loyal fan bases. It's almost <laughs> like they have a crippling grip on all their intellectual property. Yeah. Hmm. So That makes it bad for independent development. What? You like our game? Fuck you. 
we are the only people who can make money off of liking our game. But we'll sell you a thing that lets you make our game. Yeah. But then you money. go to the opposite side of the spectrum. Fucking Treyarch and or Activision has just been making the same game since 2000. Well, in all people fairness, that's basically what Super nothing. Smash Bros. Well, yeah. is. So, and a lot nobody of... Nobody wants to buy that shit. Most of... I mean... I bought, I bought all of it. Yeah, I, mean, I bet um, you did. But. A lot of Nintendo... Or Nintendo's formula in this day and age is basically just, you know leaning on the nostalgia of a lot of their original titles oh, like sure. oh, 100%, you know they're just coming out with new consoles for old games yeah that's all it is with you know hd versions of their old games and very good graphics i don't know that's why i just bought a pc because yeah you can do everything you can do everything on that thing and if you can't even it, like you can't necessarily play nintendo games on there but you can just fucking get an emulator to play a, yeah any any good There's Nintendo game? Oh yeah, the number of times on like Ocarina of Time randomizers on yeah. the PC, it's just crazy. Yeah. The the only Nintendo game that I've actually like that uh, like that I've actually got an emulator to play is probably Pokemon Emerald. I gotta get some more Nintendo emulators. There's some good shit out there. We we actually we, that's a lie. I have been playing uh, Twilight cool. Princess. We, we, we've hit the real nerd part of my conversation where I was, I've got a gamer server that plan where I do a bunch of archipelago runs where you have people doing multiple concurrent games at the same time. I can hear you breathing. Me? It's, yeah. it's really my bad. bad. <laughs> no, so I, 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 like, I was doing, I was doing a hollow Knight, Ocarina of time and Majora's mask randomizer with 21 other people where everybody's items were shuffled between the games and it took us, I think, three weeks for everybody to clear all their games because we were playing 30 games concurrently. Jesus yeah. Christ. That's a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit much. But uh I'm the I'm the type of gamer who like just play who finds a game that they enjoy and then just plays that for like five years. Oh yeah. yeah. You know. CSGO. See yeah, right now <laughs> it's Counter Strike. It used to be Melee. Now it's Counter Strike. Yeah. And before Melee it was Mario Kart. Which which Mario Kart? We, not Double Dash. Man, I was a uh, you know I was, I, I so I was born in two thousand one when I was like seven eight years old. The newest system that was coming out was the Wii, and I was like man, I was like saving up all my chore money, a quarter per chore, you know. And it took me like a year to save up for a Wii, and I got that shit. And then we got Mario Kart Wii, and I played that every single day for about two years. Jesus. Yeah. It's a good game. It's a good game. Is it weird that I feel better about me now by comparison, having heard that story? That I'm just happy you feel better. <laughs> yeah. Chad. If there's anything that we can be proud of, it's that Chad needed, he needed to pick me up he needed after, uh, you know... Life. I don't know what what's been going After on in your life. life. Just everything. Oh, the last ten years. Yeah. <laughs> the last ten years, Chad has needed something, and if it was an hour long of letting us say whatever he wanted to say, then so be it. If that's what he needed. I mean, this is cheaper than real therapy, so I'll take it. Good point. Hey, man, and you're with people who don't give a fuck, so it's awesome. I mean, people's a generous term for comedians, but mm. it is. But I, I'm in a generous mood right now, so I'll just leave it at that. 
I feel like we've hit a conversational dead end. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, because I don't want to start another topic right now. Yeah. We'll we go are pretty uh, yeah. deep into this pod. Yeah, we're hour 15 in. Yeah. Do you guys have um, like a traditional sign-off? or is it just like no, a, no, not really. Um, We can plug shit. Because yeah. it'll be we already the same. Plugged, uh, yeah, it'll be the same as last same step, as basically. Last step, yeah. But a week later, um, the only thing that I really feel worth for myself that I feel is worthwhile plugging right now is uh, January twentieth roast battle. Yeah, it's the only thing that I have planned. Yeah, same here. Me and Adam will be fighting for the glory of the championship of the roast battle. Yeah. And we are on opposite sides of the bracket, so hopefully we can meet in the middle and trash each other. So you were, and I don't mean to bring up another topic. If yeah, we no, we'll go. <laughs> you were a judge on the last roast battle. Yes, I was, Chad. and I was in the last roast battle. You were. We are switching up the format this time. What do you think of that? I don't know if you've heard of what format we're uh, running. If the format is the audience is judging, I think that's the correct format. Yeah. It is, yes. Um, Pat's going to be in the audience with a, a decibel a meter. Decibel meter, yeah. Because yeah. if there's if there's one thing I learned about judging the past couple roast battles is that the audiences hate everything the judges have to say. Yeah. And I think they're a better barometer of the savagery that's going to come out on stage. Yeah. Cause I think when you have comics judging a roast battle, they're judging the content of the jokes. They're like, yeah. they're judging structure. Yeah. They're judging form and things like that. And that's not what the audience wants to pay attention no. to. The audience wants to see blood. Yeah. yeah <laughs> they do. And that's why I told everybody fucking yeah. coming at them, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that's a better way to do the show. And I think it'll be a better show for it. And not just because I don't have to be contractually obligated to sit on the stage for an hour and be yeah. bored out of my fucking mind. You know, it would be nice to have some judges up there just on their opinions, even though they none of their votes fucking matter. It, w- it would be better at that point to have a really opinion. Like, who's hosting this one? Uh, be Sam Schwartz. Sam, yeah. yeah. No, he'll be a good host because he'll be opinionated about it. He'll give fodder to the crowd. And I think that's better than having somebody sitting at a judge table who has nothing to contribute until one of you says something stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the last, and yeah, I thought you were a pretty good judge because I feel like you played the straight man pretty much the entire. I I was going out of my way to play a heel there. Yeah. And I feel like, and I've said this before on pods where it's like the other judges were also trying to play heels. Mm Mm-hmm. We can't, can't do that. All, we yeah. can't be three heels. Yeah. yeah. Like, you've got to have your Paulo Abdul to your Simon Cowles. Like, you yeah. just have to. And we didn't have... And, it, like, yeah, we didn't coordinate well as judges, so that maybe, like, behind the scenes, that's on us. That also yeah. was the first one. No, it wasn't. wasn't. It? Or it was, was that a, the second time we third. did it? Okay. Yeah. You, I think you just had a, beyond you, who else was on that panel? Was it, uh, uh, Justin Rodemacher and, uh, James Murphy. James Murphy. James Murphy, I feel like, was a bit of an inexperienced pick. Yeah. That being said, I wish we could, I wish I've seen him, I'd seen him out more. He's not, he's not not coming out, man. He's funny. He was, you know, besides, and we, we, we do have a problem where we've got a limited talent pool to pick from, too. Is he? Yeah. So you've got, he's, He's busy with college though too. Like he, yeah. I I ask K every time I see K Watt, I ask, I ask about James. So mm-hmm. like I mean, last time I asked him, he hadn't seen him in a little while. He said he's been doing like school late and stuff. Yeah. So 
Hope he shows up again at some point. But we can't dwell on other comics not devoting time to the craft. So. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, we have comics not devoting time to the craft right here. We can't dwell on the others. Yeah, yeah Chad. <laughs> he said he hasn't written a joke in 10 years. Man, I've got <laughs> books I'm working on. What do you want from me? Ooh. Do you have any books that you're trying to get published? Um, I'm very early on the stages of a manuscript that I'm not comfortable really talking about yet. We won't. Okay. Are you, are you comfortable talking about how many pages you've written on it? Uh, about 80 already. 80? It'll it'll probably be into the six to seven hundred pages by the time Jesus. it's done. Whew. So this will be done right on your deathbed. Yeah. Hopefully very adjacent <laughs> to because if it's published posthumously, it'll be a lot more successful. Oh, that'd so be that's as long as you sign over the you know, earnings from that to me and Adam. Yeah. We're we were good. the first uh, podcast to put you up. I mean, if you want twelve dollars and half a burrito, by all means, I'll yeah. take whatever I'll I can get, it. Chad. I'm a starving artist, right? God here. damn right. I can only afford Taco Bell, so. <laughs> yeah. so if if one of you can write a forward to my book on population ethics, we'll talk about oh, licensing. God. Population, oh, okay. God. Population ethics. Yeah. It's not How it not, should fucking we're not into diminish? Here, or are we? No, we're not. Okay, no. good. Well, the population is too high. And no, it it's, it, it's, it's general structures about value theory and things that if we start talking about, we'll have to start another episode on. We don't have that kind of time. That's I feel a fair like. enough point. Yeah, we and don't I don't think I have it. the brain cells to... Uh, the psychological <laughs> fortitude Adam's just to really... sobering up at the moment yeah, right now. Me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not able to comprehend population ethics. I'm not, on, I'm not able to understand finances. It's a... I know oh, you have four roommates. Like, fuck. <laughs> Man, next time we'll bring a whiteboard. We'll get into it. We're really. Sounds good. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, there is a small white one. A small one in there. I do have a whiteboard, actually. Yeah. yeah. There's a small one. We're not going to get into that. Right I'd rather now. play tic-tac-toe on it right yeah, now. Yeah, it sounds dope. It's a bit more. <laughs> we should speed. get into this cigar if we are going to or save it for another time. Man, I got work um, at 9 in the morning. So I got to get up at 6. So don't even. Don't even. All right. You get to sleep three more hours than I am. Right? Three. Um, so from us here at the Pitch in a Tent podcast. The Pitch in a Tent podcast. We've had Chad Gallo, an extremely amazing guest with us tonight. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for coming, man. Adam, you want to say something? Uh, thanks for listening All to right. our second episode on the first day of recording this podcast. Absolutely. But second it was a lot. On the first day. Yeah. We uh, stay tuned. Many more to come. It'll be fun. I've been Adam Lowry. And I've been John Schenkel. This has been Pitching a Tent Podcast, and I love you.